Hello, hello, hello. This is your take is excrement brought to you by uh by Neo and May. Uh, we'd like to thank our, our band off to the side uh, for this this excellent intro music. Um this is the part where it normally fades fades into the background. Uh and you you killed my joke by stopping. Sorry, I got a little winded. <laughs> the band got a little winded. <laughs> Hi, everybody, and welcome to Your Take is Excrement. That's right. Season three. Yes. Uh, which I believe is season subversion. Uh, yes. So, um, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. It's been a couple of weeks now since we got to uh, the old Colorado, and our lungs are beginning to adjust. I can breathe i can speak um i can roll over everything is getting good again nature is healing Mm -hmm. you know minus the whole ukraine russia thing that's not anyway well honestly though like i don't know i've i've you think the situation's improving no but i find myself (laughs) worrying a lot less about anything outside of a little valley because like we do live in a little valley beautiful and it's like you know it's like it's like why would I worry about anything when I can walk five minutes, be in the middle of fucking nowhere, and just like, <laughs> and just be surrounded with either nature or people walking their dogs? Yeah, and hang out with at. deer on a mountain. I actually literally got within like five feet of a deer today. Really? Yeah, at 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 the Department of Transportation. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. I, I hear tell that over at the Broadmoor, the the deer are very used to people. So are the bears. Deer so are everywhere. So deer are used like to people. Well, yeah, but I mean, like at the Broadmoor, apparently you can just walk up and pet them. Huh. Just a little fucked up, I think. I they, they look really fucking fluffy. They I, I they really, really do, dude. Them. I bet they stink as fuck though. Oh yeah, I bet they, they, they stink must as fuck. Be. Um, did I pet a moose once? Very smelly. I don't. I don't want to get near a moose. That's you know what that is a very fair evaluation because they're, moose are not cool. They're massive. They're massive and they're not very friendly. They're car sized <laughs> and stronger than your car. We might add. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> eventually, we should probably start talking about what this podcast is. Um. Well, 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 well. It is a movie podcast. If this is your first time joining us, which would be very surprising at this point. Um. Hello, I'm May and uh, Neo. I've already, I already introduced her. Did you? Yeah. Sorry, was that during the band? Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Well, <sighs> the music will will, will circle in the theme of the movie. You just have to. You just have to be right. Like, uh, so the location. movie's Boogie Nights. The yeah. movie's Boogie Nights. By have you ever Thomas Paul Thomas Pump? Anderson? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you got it. By Mr. Anderson. Oh, Jesus Christ. You know, I'm going to admit, I have not heard that one. I, I have heard people be like, uh, there's another filmmaker who really sucks named Paul W.S. Anderson. He directed Event Horizon. Sorry. Um, <laughs> anyway, he, he super sucks. But uh, sometimes people are like, oh, yeah, that's that new Paul W.S. Thomas Anderson film. Mm-hmm. Um, also not funny, <clears throat> but either way, Hey, matrix shows are always funny. You know, you're right. Um, so, so good Lord, Neo, I think this might be your first Paul Thomas Anderson movie. I do believe so. Okay. Uh, I'm going to just, that's list- right. I haven't seen there will be blood. Fight me. Yeah. Drive to Colorado and fight me cowards. And Neo has not seen there will be blood. Um, and if he keeps it up, there will be blood in his bedroom because I'll murder him. He's got to see that shit, dude. Uh, also, yeah, um, Paul Thomas Anderson, the master, the master of disguise. No, fuck. Yes, that's that's Paul Thomas Anderson. His uh, debut film. Yeah, he um, learned a lot since then. I am assuming you're currently googling Paul Thomas Anderson and see if you you've seen any of his films. Yeah, doesn't look like it. Inherent Vice. Nope. Um, um, Punch Drunk Love. Nope. Um, um, wow. 
All right. Well, this is a fucking eye-opening moment for for May. Uh, so 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 if you so you don't know anything about Paul Thomas Anderson, that's spicy. I know um, he directed There Will Be Blood. He did do that. Um, so so Paul Thomas Anderson is very interesting. Uh, he's basically Quentin Tarantino's like far better, far smarter <laughs> compatriot. Mm-hmm. Um, I I feel like I feel like I was really into Tarantino, and then I saw my first Paul Tom. I, it might have even been this. I think uh-huh. I saw Boogie Nights, and I was like, oh. Fuck Tarantino, I guess. Boogie Nights is kind of Tarantino-esque. I, I, but I it's more mature, it. right? Yeah. It's more mature. It's like longer. It's about more shit. Yeah. Well, it's not. It's not about. Well, can it's you imagine way more Tarantino? Mature. Wait. Okay. Before we we should we should talk about the movie and then circle back around to Paul Thomas Anderson. But I'm going to finish the thought I had, and that's: Can you imagine how? horrific this movie would be tarantino movie about pornography would be oh yeah this movie but tarantino oh 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 because because everything tarantino fetishizes (laughs) anderson mocks exactly and and vice versa actually um anyway so the movie is about uh dirk i can't remember dirk's eddie eddie so it's this character eddie dead name Uh, (laughs) I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, is no, that doesn't count. No, but but Dirk Diggler is is a far better name than Eddie, whatever the fuck. Yeah, exactly. So, the, well, the movie starts out with just a couple characters, and it's kind of like the movie just shotguns a bunch of characters at you, and then the movie is you watching them progress through through like the eighties, the eighties, the, the 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 end of the seventies and the start of the eighties. Okay, yeah. so you have. Eddie slash Dirk, who has a giant penis and is a <laughs> high school dropout and is washing dishes at a nightclub. Uh huh. You have Mark Wahlberg. That's that's Mark. That's Marky Mark. Wait, is it? Yeah, that that was Mark. Really? Dirk Diggler? I didn't realize that. What, bitch? Yes, it's Mark I Wahlberg, bitch. Sent y'all a, a, a Wally meme during the film. I know, and that's why I thought we were laughing at the meme. No, I, I didn't know we were about this. Is just fucking because it was unrelated. Who the fuck did you think that was? I know. I was that actually, was Marky Mark was and like, his funky bunch. That I was, was the whole gang. I was. I, I was. <laughs> I thought he looked familiar. God bless. Anyway. God bless. I guess you forgot when Listen, he was in the I've happening. Only, I, I only ever... Yeah, that's really the only other Wahlberg movie I've seen, and he looks like shit in it. Yeah, Like, well, he looks like or, like a dead man walking. It's true. In in this, he, he definitely looks he slightly looks more alive. Um, anyway, Younger. So you have... Who's the... You have Paul? Is that his name? No. Who are you talking about? The, the, the guy running the house. Why did I think it was Paul? Oh, are you talking about the director? Yeah. Oh gosh. Um. Oh God. We've done no research. We just watched this yesterday. No, Why can't I, it? I was... Burt Reynolds' character. Yes. Yes, Burt Reynolds. And the reason I don't remember his name is because I just remember Burt Reynolds. I mean, yeah. Admittedly, there is that problem with this movie okay. where it's just like, oh yeah, it's that actor. Um, Shit. Yeah. Like um... Julianne Moore. Like you couldn't press me on what Julianne Moore's character's name is. But I'll always remember Roller is she Girl. The, is, she, is she the mom? Yeah. Uh, Hannah. No. Wait. This Give is not second. going great. This is not going well. I I I, I ha- pull <laughs> Too it up. many characters. Too many names. Uh, ah. Right, nightmare. So nightmare. Nightmare. You have uh, Burt Reynolds' character. Um, yes. Jack. Jack. God, I got it right when you fucking got it, too. Right. Uh, God he, damn it. Jack he, Horner, that's right. He's like a big shot, directs directs erotic films, exotic films. Right. He doesn't want to call it porn because he considers himself a filmmaker. Yeah. And then you have Julianne Moore's character, Amber, who's Jack's wife. Um, You have John C. Riley as... as, as another uh, porn star. As another porn star, Reed. Yeah, um, which we love. You have love Don that. Cheadle as Buck. Oh, yeah. He's a cowboy. Um, and you have Roller Girl. Uh, yeah, Buck's also a porn star. You have Roller Girl, who's also a porn actress. Um, you have Little Bill, who's like... He's, I, I, he's, a, he's an assistant director. Um, so he just makes things happen. Yeah. But his wife is cheating on him 
which is something I guess he's the only person who can functionally care about that in the world of pornography, and, then, and uh, it just <laughs> doesn't go good for him. Yeah, he yeah, and then, and then you have um, what's his name, the gay dude, Scotty. Um, yeah. Um. Oh no, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, Hoffman, the Hoff. Um, and he's like he's like a boom mic operator. Yeah, and yeah, and he's horny as shit for boys. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, so so you have all these characters, um, and they all, uh, Jack brings them all into the porn business. Right, and they um, become kind of a merry band of pornographers. Right. Well, well, so so he has all of them under like contract, but he also like him and Amber are like parental figures to all of them yes so he's actually like and so it's like and something this movie touches on is all of them come from like really shitty situations and like backgrounds and jack has taken all these people under his wing and while it is exploitive it's also kind of wholesome yeah it's like um he's given them a life that they well and and like mark Wahlberg's character is like you know everybody's given one thing if this is my one thing then i guess i'm I can make peace with that. Right. So he doesn't feel exploited. He feels like he's, you know, enacting his gift. Right. And so and when the movie started, to be honest, I thought this was going to be a film about how Jack exploits everyone. I thought that's that's the direction the but movie was going to go. But that is, like, go. so not the direction. No. Which is so fun. Yeah. Well, okay. So then there's also the colonel who is... Is a pedophile. I was, I was going to get to that. Well, but he's the, he's, sorry. It's he's the, the significant thing yeah. I remember from this watching. He's the producer. Yes. And then you have another producer. I can't remember his name. But uh, the colonel likes to produce film. And the other producer is wanting to produce tape. Video. Video tape. Yeah. So. Completely movie, different market. So the movie starts. Um, Jack recruits Dirk into his gaggle of porn actors. Um, Dirk is just the best porn actor. Yeah. Because he's hot, vain, and has the, the biggest, biggest dick, dick of all time anyone has ever seen. Like everyone, and he's completely unassuming. Yeah. He has no idea. Like he's completely innocent. Has no idea what's going on. Yeah. And so he he's just great at porn. Everyone likes him. Uh, everyone. It is just one big fucking party for like the first hour of the film. A girl ODs on coke, and they're just like. Sounds like you need to get some better coke. Well, well, no, the girl, the girl, the the colonel brings a girl, and then she ODs, and they're like, "All right, get her in the car. We're gonna take her to the beach and drop her off." And the guy's like, "This is the second girl I've had OD on me in two days, man." It's like maybe you should get, get new coke. Shit. <laughs> yeah, have you considered getting better shit? Uh, <laughs> it's there's there's a functional um, antisocial like uh humor yeah to the film uh where where so what i would say is like a lot of movies of this kilt would probably uh make jokes more at the expense of it right and not necessarily understand it quite so much so so like the goal for the first half seems to be to completely understand it and then once you've completely understood it then you can pretty much make jokes that only people who are in the know about it would laugh at. Right. Like a joke like, well, it sounds like you need to get better shit. Because like on a on a on a completely interiorly social, you know, um map, they would be joking about the fact that the girl OD'd at all. But mm-hmm. in this situation, they're just talking about the casual like it's so casual the, right. the attitude about drugs where it's like well, I mean, just get better drugs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's like infinitely funnier because it's inside of it. Right. Instead of like on the outside looking in. Yeah. And, so, and something about the first half of the movie, which is like the glorification part, is um, it doesn't, it glorifies the lifestyle, but it doesn't actually really glorify doing porn very much. No, it, it treats it like, well, well, so if sex work is work, it treats then it like work, work sucks. It, it, right. It, it treats it. <laughs> Like, like honestly, the first half reminded me of waiting a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Cause, cause it's just like it's just like everyone's at work. Yeah. And you're hanging out with your work buds. And they enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, it's n- not for the pr- the point that they you would think they would enjoy it, but they enjoy it because they genuinely are like, this is fun to do. Well, like and, making movies is fun. Right. And this is you know in the 70s when porn was more of uh, like 
It was a more cinematic yeah. uh, thing. I mean, it's it was... been entirely replaced at this point by video, but right. there was a time where, yeah, porn on film was yeah. a thing. You know, where you couldn't really, like, rent it for your home like home consumption. You had to right. go to a theater. You had and... to attend porn. Yes. Or, like, or get, in a magazine. Get photographs, yeah. And um, video kind of changed that and revolutionized the industry so everybody could just have it at home which is like what they wanted anyway it was way more comfortable and perhaps had jack horner made the jump to videotape and then taken his artistic eye there maybe something good could have happened but instead he like cynically and bitterly made the jump right well so okay so so everyone everyone except for little bill was having the great time uh in the 70s it's the right. whole point of the first half of the movie. Yeah. Um. He keeps on like he like he'll like he like. There's a scene where he comes home from work. He like takes off his shoes. He's like really pissed off and exhausted, and he like walks into his bedroom and his wife is like having sex with somebody, and he's like, "What are you doing? That's my wife." And he's like, "Can you close the door?" I'm I'm sorry, man. Can you close the door? And his wife's like, "Don't stop. <laughs> Keep going. Keep fucking me, big stud." And he's just standing there. Yeah. <laughs> like totally emasculated. Um, anyway, so then there's like just a bunch of scenes where he'll like he'll like he'll be like he'll be at a party and be like, "Hey, have you seen my wife?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I think she's outside." And he walks outside and she's having sex with somebody, <laughs> and, he, and he's just like, "Ugh." Uh, well, um, and then like somebody like literally comes up to him and has a full blown conversation with him, and it's just like, "Yeah." So uh, later on, you thinking about doing that? And he's like, "He's having a technical conversation." If, yeah, he's, he's like, like I don't "He's know like, if I can talk about this right now." He's like, now. Do, you, "Do you think you know? You know? You know? Jack's really going for for a minimalist lighting setup. So do you think we should do do these lights for the shoot?" As he's like staring at the guy fucking his <laughs> wife, and he's like, "I don't want to talk about this right now." And he's like, "I, I don't know if right now's the time." <laughs> anyway, and so then the 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 midpoint, the shift of the movie is they have is they have a welcome to the eighties party, where. Um, Everybody thinks the '80s are going to be awesome. Yes, but everyone, the '80s were fucking not awesome. Right. So, so, and this is also like, like this is this is showing how, like, it's like the where, like, everyone breaks, like where the breaking point happens in all their arcs. So, right. This other producer who's wanting to do, uh, videotape, like, approaches Jack, and Jack's like, "Fuck you! I'm a filmmaker. I make film. I'm going to stay in the past. I think." Yeah. He's like, I'm seeing the past and make my art. Um, uh, Amber and Dirk uh, hook up, but Amber gives Dirk some cocaine. Um, yes. Um, and then... And Dirk, uh, turns out Dirk likes cocaine. He really likes that coke. Um, Buck decides he wants to stop being a porn actor and open a video store. Uh, no, an, uh, an audio... Uh, no, no, an, an audio store. store. That's yeah. Right. Um, and then, um, what other important characters am I missing? Oh, and then, okay. And then the last, last but not least, um, the, the guy who keeps on getting cucked, uh, as everyone's counting down for the new year, uh, walks to his car, gets his gun, walks in the room where his wife is having sex with somebody and, uh, murders guns, them, guns them down, walks out and in front of God and everyone. What is the cat doing behind me? Just sleeping, it seems. I don't even know what she's... Making some weird noises. Anyway, in front of God and everyone, blows his brains out. Yeah, um, and then all over the wall. Welcome to the 80s. Yeah, and then a title card literally goes on screen that says 80s. Yeah. Um. So, well, and I guess before this, like, well, and, like, just during the whole first half, like, everyone's having the time of their lives. Like, Dirk is making... They're, they're, they're making, like, movies like they're making films right. that aren't just smut but allegedly well, they're also making fuckloads of money yeah from box office sales like which was a thing like porn actors used to make like fuckloads of money off of that shit yeah so anyway the 80s roll around um and the first like really bad thing that happens is the colonel gets arrested uh and it's actually i think it might be my favorite scene in the movie <laughs> but so jack a la burt reynolds goes to see his friend and benefactor, the colonel in jail. And Jack's like, what happened, dude? And he's like, well, well, there was this, there was this girl in my apartment, you know, and they're, they're saying she was 15. I didn't know anything about it. And Jack's like, of course not, buddy. You know, you know, sometimes people look really old. You know, you couldn't have known any better, buddy. He's like, yeah. And then she, then she OD'd. And he's like, 
Oh, well, I, I mean, I mean, that just happens. You know, that's just, that's just cocaine. But, but, and he, he's like, you know, I'm not a pedophile, right? Jack, Jack's like, of course not. Of course you're not a pedophile, you know? And we'll get you out of this. You know, and then he's like, he's like, but they're so adorable and they're so cute. You know, and they're little and they're just so, they're so pretty. And, I and just, you're like, I just oh, love oh. them, Jack. And then, and like, so they're talking over like the phone system and Jack like literally takes like, the phone away from his ear and, and just you could, puts it down. When he's like holding it to his forehead and you could see the guy keep talking and like try to communicate to Jack. And Jack is just like holding his, his, his head in his hands. Cause he's like, my best friend's a fucking pedophile. And then yeah. as this guy's like hammering on the glass, trying to get Jack to listen to him, Jack just like hangs up the phone and walks away. Yeah, and well, you can hear you can see him. You can't hear him, but you can see him mouthing, "You're still my friend, right? <laughs> hey, you're still my friend. Hey, are you still my friend?" <laughs> That's just real funny. Uh, anyway, so then Jack ends up having to work with the guy who's only paying them to make videotapes, right? Um, and then, um. Dirk keeps on doing the fucking cocaine, and that just mm-hmm. starts to ruin his life. Well, yeah, so it, it it ruins his life in the very specific way that it makes his dick stop working, and this is frustrating given that he is a pornographer. Yeah, and so then he starts taking out on Jack, and he like, gets kicked out of the little wholesome commune. So him and his gaggle of idiots... Just start to make worse and worse choices. They they make a they start an eighties synth metal band and it's like the worst music you've ever fucking heard in your fucking life. Right. And and um They can't even pay for the recording no. sessions after a point. So they, yeah. So they just try to like basically steal the the tapes. They yeah. like try to like extort a guy to give them the tapes and he's like go fuck yourself he's i'm like, not gonna do that you can have your tapes when you've paid for them yeah the um, fuck uh and so you know so jack's making this this low quality turned turned out shit um uh roller girl is staying with jack uh amber is really fucked up because she really did care for dirk um and is missing dirk she also, it turns out, has a son who she's fighting for custody with. Uh huh. Um, and then Buck is still just trying to Buck is trying to get a get a loan out to open his own uh, audio store. Yeah, but because he's black, married to a white woman, and has a history as a pornographer, literally no one will help him. Right. So and he will and he doesn't understand like why that won't happen. Yeah, and the bank. So the bank manager's like, "We can't affiliate with pornographers." He's like, "But I'm not in porn anymore. I am trying to go honest. I am trying to do something that's not porn. Why won't you let me? Like everything's in order. All the papers are in order." And he's like, "Yeah, but you did porn." Yeah, like once, you know. And so, like, they start to deal with the stain of their not their lifestyle choices, which is what people will would say. Right. But rather the path their life has taken forces them into a position where they could never make any other choices. Right. So the the thing about porn is it has a tendency to always be like um right there. Well well and it's always it's always like for for a lot of people, it's always just what defines you. Yeah. So I know like like Mia Khalifa has gone and tried to do a bunch of other things. And I I think, I mean, you know, I think she's a pretty successful streamer, but also it's like, you know, and I know she's really tried to leave that, like that world behind, but it's always, but because she was exploited a couple of fucking times yeah. in a very specific way, she basically had her reputation permanently altered Just, to where she could never like what if she decided oh yeah i want to be a pop star yeah yeah you think that's gonna fucking happen what if she decided oh yeah i want to start a bit like a massage business right like fucking you can't do goddamn anything yeah because you're fucking mia khalifa it's like i mean i definitely know to an extent about i mean being a youtuber and being a pornographer are very different things but to to an extent i can't tell you how many times i've tried to be like no, I'm doing this now. You know, I'm I'm like doing this. This is very serious. And they're like, why don't you just do the shit you did on YouTube? You know, and it's like, hey, are you the YouTube person? 
And, mm. and you kind of like are always pigeonholed into that direction. And it's like, if you ever try to do anything exterior to that, you're always just forced right back into it. Right. So it's kind of like, <clears throat> you know, they more for, for better or for worse, they almost get forced into this place where they can never not be pornographers. Right. Together. Right. It's um, the only thing that makes sense for their lives. Right. Um, and so uh, Jack... Yeah, and it's just like it keeps on cutting back to Jack, who's making worse and worse and worse, just absolute like horse shit. And so it's like in the start of the movie, he's always like he's dressed really suavely, like he's always you know he's with his editor, and they're like they're actually like working on the on on what they're doing, like like they're 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 like locked in. He's like making something. Well, and he's, he's like he's I want proud of it. He's like I want this to be the one that I'm remembered for. Yeah. At one point, and well, and like, but but he doesn't understand the problem there. Um, and this this is something that that like a lot of even in the in the very straight art world uh, they deal with, which is like whenever you say that, that means you're you're pretty much done. Right. Like, if you ever say this is the one, then you're fucking done. Cause like you got to think you can't be thinking about today. You know what I mean? And so he put like his heart and soul into that, but like it, there's, there's a, there's a line that Dirk Diggler says, uh, where he's like, yeah, you know, I just think that porn that mistreats women is so easy and so shitty. He's and like, I want to make movies about about like about loving women, you know, like people people that are, and with a story, you know, and a plot, but it like it matters. This stuff matters, and and um, it's not just meaningless and stuff. And then like cut to ten years later, and you know they're making the seventh sequel to the same thing, and he's just like literally beating the shit out of a woman. Yeah, and it's like there goes principles. Right. Um. Citizen Kane and fast forward. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, Dirk's life is just getting ruined by cocaine. Um, and so, and then there's like a moment where it all culminates where um, uh, Buck is, is like trying to, he's like, his like wife's pregnant, you know, they're, they're, they're doing their thing and he like goes to buy donuts and someone robs the donut store um and then but everyone else in the donut store like like the robbery goes bad everyone else in the store but but buck dies and there's just a bag full of money lying on the floor and it's yeah it's it's as if like the sad thing is like basically what that's saying is the only way out is if literally god hands you (laughs) yeah the way out the way out like Um, specifically like he would have been fucked forever had he just gotten the donuts. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, yeah. And so then, um, so Jack and Razor Girl are in like a limo and they're like cruising around and they're going to, yeah. they're trying to do like a reality show porn thing where they're going to find a stud on the side of the road and then make a porn movie, just random Joe. Well, and like, well, and like, this is a, this is a, this was a real thing. Oh, really? These, yeah, this is a real thing. God bless. Yeah. This is a real thing. Uh, thing it turned into like a whole industry the grab a guy off the street and do porn with him thing huh yeah well and and like in a microcosm the movie does a really good job of very quickly describing why that would be really fucking bad yeah and so anyway so so they drag this guy in he starts being really disrespectful and, and mistreating roller girl he also was a he bullied her in high school yeah um and, and she so, just has to fuck him because it's porn yeah and so then they end up like he pisses like jack off so they pull the limo over throw him out jacks there's like jacks are beating the shit out of him so everyone gets out and like pulls jack off of this dude and then roller girl starts kicking the shit out of him with her roller skates yeah um, and it's it's very like oh he dead kind of shit yeah like, she's smashing his face with roller skates like and like I think at the end of the scene when they drive away, he's still kind of moving. But he's like gurgling. He's like, yeah, and well, and and you know, the the fucked up thing there is like, fifty percent of it, you're like, yeah, fuck this guy, like, yeah, fuck him up, like, fuck this. But also, fuck Jack for yeah. putting her in that situation. Yeah. And well, well, but it's also the moment where it's the moment where Jack realizes that he hates this. 
Yeah. Right. Well, so Where because he thinks there's something desperately wrong with his well, life, and, and because like it's like and as fucked up as this relationship is, is like Jack and Amber see Roller Girl as like their daughter. Yeah, in a way. they do. I mean, and it's so, literally stated in the movie. Yeah, yeah. And, and and it's this it's this moment where he's he's realized like who he's become and what he's become. Um. Right. But well, and so there, there's like another scene with Jack where he uh he's like. He's in the warehouse where they're making his movies, and it's like it's like this whole like factory line of people like making his VCRs ready to ship, and he like, and, and instead of this like suave, like very well dressed like sex symbol, he's in like polo, a uh, polo and khakis. Yeah, and he he's like you know he doesn't have his like iconic cigarette. He's just walking through his job, and he goes into the editing room. He's like, "Is it going well?" And the guy like is like look, reading a magazine, like looks up, and he's like. Yeah, and goes back to his magazine. <laughs> yeah, well, and is you know, it's and, a, and on the screen is the is the replacement Dirk Diggler. Yeah, who's, who's like just, just yelling at women. Just yeah, like, fuck you, bitch, suck my dick. Yeah, and he's like holding a gun to her head. Yeah, and it's just like, wow, this is very hot. Um. <clears throat> anyway, and so some good porn right here. So that's everyone but Dirk. All right, so and then focusing on Dirk. Um, so. Yeah, Dirk somehow gets it the worst, even though Roller Girl definitely got it the worst. Yeah. Um, so Dirk uh, ends up like losing everything. Like he loses everything, but his like his like classic car that he bought, um, and he ends up like Which he does wreck. Yeah. Well, he ends up like jerking off for money to dudes, like he was uh, doing at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Um, except and then. Uh, a bunch of homophobes use that to like entrap him and then beat the shit out of him. Yeah. And then they're like, we really, and then him and his gaggle of, of, of other coked out idiots are like, we really need to make money. Let's go sell, a, sell, sell $5,000 of Coke to a drug Lord. But, but it's not, but coke, it's, it's going to be baking soda. powder or baking soda. Yeah. Um. So they, so then the most like anxious scene I've ever seen in, in, in any movie Except for me, Green Room. Green Room was an exciting oh, yeah, nightmare Christ, for me. Christ, yeah. I, I legitimately couldn't finish Green, Green Room. We need to finish it. I No, thank you. <clears throat> um, I, I couldn't do it. <laughs> um, anyway. Uncut Gems. That was pretty anxious. Yeah, but I don't know. This like, is a different kind. Well, well, but but see, Uncut Gems was, was it was like unpredictable. the whole thing was anxious. Yeah. Like this is just like. The second half is anxious, but in different ways. And sometimes right. it works out for people and sometimes it doesn't. Like, yeah. You know, so, it's very unpredictable. And, and also, well, in Uncut Gems, you know it's going to end badly. Like, yeah. it's like, it's like, you know, from kind of the moment the movie starts that he's going to get fucked. Well, and there's this weird, I feel like, trust thing with Paul Thomas Anderson where you can trust with Paul Thomas Anderson that just about at any moment in any of his movies, things could get real fucked up real fast right but you trust him that the thing that he would do would be the most narratively correct at any given moment so it's kind of like the coen brothers right like the coen brothers can do some crazy shit in their movies but i'm always gonna trust well and it's like you know it would be really easy to make like um no country for old men be horrifying to watch oh yeah absolutely. and like and like just the worst feeling movie but it's not because you know they're good filmmakers and they know what they're doing exactly well and, and paul thomas anderson is the same way but but like tarantino right like compare i feel like this scene in this movie to the basement scene with the guns on their right dicks, right like we all know the second that they both reveal that there are guns on their dicks, that it's going to end in, in five seconds of hideous violence. Right. Because we know that. Because it's a Tarantino movie and he can't He's help. predictable. Well, and it's like the same thing with like Hateful Eight, where it's like the moment. Yeah, it's like, the moment they're all there and something goes south, you're like, they're all going to fucking shoot each other in five seconds. Yeah, because, you know, and, and that's Tarantino. <laughs> right. And that's not to say that he's like a bad dramatist. He's just immature about it and like paul thomas anderson you enter the scene there's a kid throwing firecrackers for no fucking reason but the drug lord is actually really nice yeah which is the worst part yeah so the 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 drug lord like doesn't even check the coke the cocaine yeah he just hands off to his bodyguard and he throws the money and like and they're all they're all coked out and anxious and terrified because they noticed the bodyguard had a gun right and um and someone's throwing firecrackers constantly at them mm-hmm. and this drug lord's like 
hey, y'all want to party? Y'all want to have fun? You know, you know, you know, you know, check out this this mixtape I've gotten. Like, listen to this music, y'all. And they're all like, "Ah, ah, ah, can we go home, Mister? Can we leave? I want to go home. Anyway, then, well, then he's like, he's like, hey, 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 watch this. And he like pulls out a revolver and it's like playing Russian roulette with them. Yeah, and and, and they're like, he's like, great. It like clicks, and he's like, you should have seen your faces. You thought I was gonna die. And they're all like, just like shit, shit can scared. Well, and there's the in one of my favorite shots in literally any movie. There's a moment where it just cuts to Dirk Diggler, just sitting there staring. He's coked out, and he has this decide decision moment where he's like, he's just looking down, and like somebody's talking to him, but he can't hear. And it's just the music, and he's just listening to the music, and occasionally, like, the firecracker will go off, mm-hmm. and it's just his face. And, uh, and he's just like, I don't, I'm going to die tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to die in five seconds right here right if i don't get up and leave yeah so he gets up and is like i want to leave and right. i'm gonna leave but and then the second he does that one of his friends is like hey you know there's a safe in the master bedroom we're gonna, we're gonna rob, rob the rob shit it. out of it so and- anyway there's the gunfight uh the guard shoots shoots the friends yeah the friend kills the bodyguard chases after the drug lord who blows him away, away with a shotgun. Right. Um, Dirk and Reed, who's the Steve Brule. Uh, oh, yeah. Sean <laughs> uh, C. Riley. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Escape. Like, Dirk gets in his Camaro and tries to drive off, but he's, like, out of fuel. Yeah, and he's, like, out of gas. So he's, like, he's, like, okay, I thought that when I was getting the shit beat out of me by homophobes that that was rock bottom for me. Yeah. But I didn't know that rock bottom was actually watching all my friends get murdered in front of me. Except for Reed. Except for Reed, who just ran the fuck away to nowhere. Yeah. And we never see him again, I don't think. No, you do. Do you? Yeah. At the very, very end? I thought he died. Yeah. And then then he's like in a shot at the end. Oh, thank thank the Lord. Like he's Um, hanging out with like Buck or something. Okay. Well, but anyway, so it's like they all kind of come back. And the reason they all come back is because, like, pretty much they realize that even if they didn't need porn, they do need each other. Right. And so, like, they all hit rock bottom. And then there's a scene where Dirk, like, walks into Jack's house and he's, like, weeping. And he's like, Jack, I I need help, man. I'm so sorry. I need I'm help. I'm so fucked up. He's like, I'm fucked up, Jack. I just need help. And then it cuts to like he's laying in Amber's lap, and they're like, It's okay. We'll take care of you. Yeah. And then and then it's like the final scene is is everyone's just like at at like Jack's house, and. Yeah. And it's just it's just like the camera's like panning through, and you see like Buck's kid, and like and and they're, they're like shooting a they're shooting a sh- like a uh, commercial a commercial for Buck's Buck's audio store, right? And like and, and and he has a kid, and you know Roller Girl's there, and she's like rolling around, and she's happy, and like everyone's just yeah. like happy and having a, and copacetic, and it's not, and they're like you know well, and oh, and Jack walks in. This is important. Jack walks in to. What's her name? Amber. Amber. Yes. Uh, and and he's like, "Are you ready?" And she's like, "Yeah, I'll I'll be ready in just a minute." And Jack's like, "Well, there's no rush. It's videotape, so we can take as long as we want. <laughs> uh, we got all day oh, long." Oh, I didn't realize. Well, and, and he was like, "He's okay with it. He had come to terms with videotape. It wasn't the medium. It was the people." Right. And so he's just like, "Yeah, we don't." I mean, we we don't need to rush anymore. Right, we can just chill, go do yeah. it whenever we're ready. Yeah, you know. Um, I, I didn't realize they're <laughs> prepping a porn shoot between her and and uh, and Dirk. Dirk, yeah, another one between yeah. them two. <laughs> Very Oedipusian. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so then, but then the final, like the final scene in the movie is like Dirk's looking at Mary. He's like, "You're the man. You have the biggest." dick you're you're the man you're a rock star you're you're karate master you're a man and you're like and the show has has yet to show a dick that shows a lot no, of like, like hearts yeah but like pretty but, light on nudity yeah in the movie yeah just just like tits and then 
and then it's like the final shot is he pulls his dick out and it's like this like disgusting fucking prosthetic yeah it's like massive disgusting like rat head looking prosthetic <laughs> like and it's like it, it's like it's like ugly, the greasy strangler yeah it's like an ugly red <laughs> and it's uncomfortable and it's just focused on that and he's like you still got it and he well, tucks and, it back into his pants yeah and it well in that moment you're just kind of like oh man <laughs> i don't even know I can't quantify the feeling of seeing that dick. And I on, can't quantify that. And feeling. on that note, oh yeah, are we supposed to? It's time for ads. Okay. All right, we're we're we're, we're putting we're putting the uh, we're we're putting the bits into the computer. We're gonna see how it spits it back out to us. Randomly perceived, randomly generated bits. Hello, good afternoon today. I am here to sell you some magazines. Do you want a... Hello, knock knock. Are you there? Oh, oh, what uh, what magazine are you selling? Bit Computer 3000. Hello, I'm selling... Today, I'm selling Ambient Dream Studios on magazine. That's right. It's a, it's a website that's on a magazine that you can... There's pictures in there. You can order them, put them on your wall. So you're saying I can order the picture from the website, yes. and then it'll come to to my residence exactly. And get put on my wall. Wow. Yes. Exactly. Yes. You've got it. Good job. Uh, also, there's <laughs> Blood Thing, um, which is a moving magazine. <laughs> <laughs> it's a magazine that that moves. Hey, and what else? What, what else, else other than a, is it a moving magazine? Is it Bit Computer Three Thousand? It's, it's 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 a it's like a horror thing. I mean, like most. I mean, the marvel of of a moving magazine. I feel is strong enough that if we really want to keep on going, it's like a horror thing. There's like some cute characters and shit. It's very Invader Zim like. Do you know about that? No, I you do, don't. Because you of do the tattoo on your leg. Oh, but not because of any other reason. Because you are from Africa. I, have, I, I assume I have you, seen some. You have them. seen some. I assume you didn't like it. Um, I like it. It's just I can only watch it in short bursts because it's really really high. fucking annoying. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like me. I wait a minute. I lost character. I need to get back in character. Yeah. Um. Uh. Did you? Uh. There's also another magazine here called Hashtag I Hunt. Mm-hmm. It's a app for hunting monsters in the gig economy, but it's also a role. Pl- I think this one actually counts slightly as a magazine. I mean, you're in the right medium. <laughs> Finally, I made it to pamphlet. Um, it's kind of like pieces of paper. Listen, this uh, hashtag I hunt is kind of like the communist manifesto in that it's a little magazine and you can read it. <laughs> Also, speaking of speaking of the of, communist of, manifesto, of the communist manifesto, you can buy May's book. Oh God, fluids. Oh yeah, my book, the communist manifesto. Uh, pick it up today on uh, nicksphere's.bandcamp.com/slash/merch. Also, check <laughs> us out on patreon.com/slash/excrement. Speaking of communism, yeah, throw some buccarinos over at our podcastio. Yeah. Yeah. I uh so so that we can do even more awkward ads in the future. Yes. Now, are we going to go back to talking about pornography? Yeah, we are. Thank God. Well, welcome back. We're back to talk about pornography, and thank God. So I'm gonna be honest. What's the that? end of this movie? Maybe really emotional. Yeah. Yeah. Prodigal Son stories always like just hit me, like right where it hurts. It's like oof. Is that that he who fucks nuns will someday re- like rejoin the church? The clash line. Sometimes I feel like the prodigal son thing is like fifty fifty bullshit. Fifty fifty, really, very very validating. Yeah, well, because like understand that that for me, right, there is no that moment ever going mm-hmm. to be in my life. Like uh, me returning to my past would be damaging for right. me. Right. Yeah. But like. 
it's more like returning to your salad days is very yeah. satisfying, but but doing it differently. Like that I will say, there's a big difference between me working my ass off 10 years ago and getting nowhere and me working my ass off now and kind of getting somewhere, I guess. Right. Well, I think but doing the exact same thing and only it's a lot more relaxed and I have my friends around me now. Yeah, well, I think yeah. I mean I think the you know, the prodigal son, I I mean I think you can remove it from like, you know, like father-sonmanship. Sure. And, and you know, sure. just like I apply it to, uh, you know, to like just, you know, return to um, form. Maybe not in form, but, you know, it's like, you know, you know, the story of your place like, of like someone who has something good decides to like go and be irresponsible and kind of ruin their lives and then be welcomed back as if they never left, you know? I, yeah. I, I think it's almost that. It's almost like that, that, um, <laughs> that true christian forgiveness right? right where it's like yeah you can't really fuck up yeah i mean you can but even if you say something really really fucking cruel like forgiveness and like acceptance is a huge part of just having a balanced and happy life yeah well you want yeah. to know a fun fact about the 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 parable of the prodigal son tell tell to why the, the the thing jesus is trying to communicate was that well because in the parable parable of the prodigal son what everyone forgets is that there's his brother who gets really pissed off that his dad is like honoring his brother and he goes off and makes that has this giant fucking bitch fit about he's like you know it's like why are you honoring you know you know your son that left you know he's a, he's a jackass um and jesus was was trying to get it's like like the point of the thing was jesus like don't be that guy like if someone returns home and is welcomed don't you know, you know, don't be upset that someone else has found a good thing. Right. You know, it's like the anti-clockwork orange ending. Yeah. So, oh, you know, so, so, okay, we have to make this apply to the theme. Uh, this is season subversion. We're right. supposed to be talking. So I feel like this movie subverts the Scorsese model of doing things. Right. In a couple of ways, in the like, it treats it like it's kind of crime, but there's an innocence. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the op- opportunity for hideous exploitation, but it's not really taken. No. Um, there's the opportunity for gratuitous violence. It's occasionally taken, but only for for actual tangible dramatic consequences. Mm-hmm. And uh, generally, it's character driven. I think, uh, I think that the big thing though is that typically, with a um, with a story like this, where you know that there's a there's a moment in like a Scorsese movie, right, where they're they're fucked up, like the police come and, and right. it's all over, um, and and like you know Paulie's talking about it from prison, uh, but yeah. but that doesn't happen here. Uh, it's it's more of like a, instead of like short term, this happens, this happens, this happens, a go, 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 go. It's like, what happens when you add 10 years to a good situation? Right. You know, uh, it's about decay mm-hmm. and stagnation. Right. Uh, it's about f- fuck. It's about finding your salad days and then losing them mm-hmm. and how losing them. It can be so devastating that it's almost like. You you would never get them back anyway, and you almost have to accept that. Um, so, I think I think the movie has a tendency to talk more about the actual real world implications of living a life more than like a lot of early Scorsese. Even though I would say that early Scorsese and this have a lot in common, mm-hmm. like a non little amount in common. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so it's like the same exact vibe and structure. It, I mean, even the opening shot replicates the that one Goodfellas shot that's like fucking insane. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So it's like literally the same thing. It's almost show offy, but I feel like it's it's drawing a direct comparison from this to that. And this is like seemingly lighthearted, demonstrates like a darkness. There's like serious time passage. You watch people die, but you also watch people live their lives for a very long time. Right. And um, I, I feel like it comes across like it's someone who's like somewhat seasoned 
in living life. <laughs> right. Like they know the difference between your twenties and your thirties. You know well, what I mean? And in movies, no one ever, no one ever like, like ejects out of, out of their situation. Right. Right. Like, exactly. No one, you know, you know, it, it feels like in movies, no one ever pulls the plug. Right. Because it's either, you know, in movies are these like serious character dramas, you know, right. You know, it's, e- it's either, you know, death or glory. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, we, what was the movie we watched with, uh, it's what the with the, the CIA analyst, um, is it Zodiac? No, or... no, no. With Brad Pitt, or is he in Zodiac? Too? Oh, was it like? Are we talking about Burn After Reading? Yeah, you know, yeah. where where Burn After Reading is a movie about about every single character like making the worst possible choices until they all kill themselves, <laughs> pretty much by their yeah. choices. And it, it's about characters like not knowing when to just fucking stop. <laughs> And, and right. if, if at any moment in that movie, any of the characters just fucking stopped what they were doing, everything would have been insane. fine. Everything would have been fine. Yeah. Like it's, the whole- it's about the burn after reading is about the American desire to be a motherfucking Karen about goddamn everything. Right. And so, it, you know, you know, in movies, it's always, you know, it's like, it's like, everyone's like, well, I've hit rock bottom. Might as well keep digging, <laughs> you know, you know, might as well, might as well get my gun and, and go for gold. And then they get gunned down by the police or the mob or whatever. Right, exactly. But this movie is about a character who hits that rock bottom and is like, "Okay, I'm done. I'm gonna go ask for help. I, 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 I am going to swallow my pride, accept that I am fucked up, and accept that I that that, that I have derailed like the good thing I had. Yeah, and go and ask for forgiveness. Well, and like you know, I feel like a lot of people the the exciting thing that they want is the part where they make the bad choice and shit gets worse. They buy a gun and things go nuts. Yeah, but this movie's like, well, if you buy a gun if- and go nuts, you are going to you're going to die in the most unglorified way possible. Well, yeah, and it's almost it's more uncinematic if that's if this movie ended with everybody dying, I would fucking hate the shit out of it. Yeah. Like, like if, if Dirk died during the drug deal, I would have hated it. Pretty much, yeah. But he didn't. He lives. Uh, and, and it's just, like, demonstrating... I, I, don't, I don't know. I, there's a part of me that's, like, yeah, using, using other people to, uh, live, to, to alter someone else's story. They do that a lot in this. Um, like, but at the same time, I think that expanding on... <laughs> like a character's understanding through loss and shit like that is 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 also really valuable mm-hmm. you know and and it's not like the people they lose are not significant they're just not their wife or some bullshit you know what i mean it's not like <laughs> they're fridging people um like all the death feels very meaningful i i read something a long time ago about how david lynch is like the anti tarantino in that tarantino has all this violence in his movies, but never means anything. And it's usually just for the the sake. Mm-hmm. And David Lynch, on the other hand, like has violence in his movies, but it comes from this place of genuine trauma and like experiencing things through trauma and like how that affects your mind and shit like that. I feel like addendum there is that Paul Thomas Anderson is like, is basically like, a, the the vibe of Tarantino, you know that general thing, that film brat thing that people like, but with this like anti capitalist bent, he like very much understands how industry and and work and money <laughs> can basically take a great thing like family or like you know home and hope and mm-hmm. fucking just kill it dead, just ruin it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, largely, that's what his fucking movies are about, like, overall. Like, Paul Thomas, we need to watch some more Paul Thomas Anderson, but this one, (laughs) in particular, is very much just about that. Just capitalism ruins everything. Capitalism is a death cult. It's a death cult, guys. Don't, Don't be a capitalist. Do as Jesus said, and... Uh, give all your money to the poor. Yep. And the needy. Yes, uh, exactly. Do you have any, uh, extra thoughts? Extra thoughts. <clears throat> I, I, I did and then I forgot, but oh. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dig in there and drag them back up. Okay. Hairball. Uh, I, I thought Burt Reynolds was a shitty actor. 
before this? Before or, this. Yeah. Because the only thing I, 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 I've known Burt Reynolds from, and, and, and people are going to make fun of me, is I, I know him because he's the mayor of the city in Saints Row 3, and his, his utility in the game is to have the one human being on the planet that your grizzled, murderous badass fa- like actually likes and is a fan of. Um, and and he's literally just there as as Burt Reynolds, the sex symbol, because you walk into his room and he has like two strippers on his desk. And he's like, <laughs> "Hey, I'm Burt Reynolds," and you're like, "You're just like, oh my god, Burt Reynolds!" Yeah. Um, or uh, in Archer, where he's either like, like. Uh, Archer either loves him as as a father figure, um, or he is literally in the show as Burt Reynolds <laughs> to be a father figure. Uh, but also, he's just kind of phoning it in as Burt Reynolds because you know it's like the same thing Ron Perlman did with Payday, where he's just like, "I'm in a video game. You're paying me how much? Yeah, exactly. <sighs> okay. Well, it's like it's kind of you know, like uh, how how Nick Cage nowadays. I feel like. His, his reputation precedes him. They put him in situations where they think he will shine as the crazy guy because well, think, they're pigeonholing him as the crazy I guy. Think, and he knows that. So he's just kind of playing it up sometimes. And he's yeah. just like, yeah, I know what they want. I'll just fucking do the stupid whatever. Yeah, I don't know. And so I feel like... Well, Burt Reynolds is like that. Yeah, I feel like I was genuinely shocked when Burt Reynolds was, was like really good in it. Yeah. I mean, he's like a meme of a man. Yeah. Is the thing, and I think that the reason it's kind of like, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like any anybody like from, he's a dad bod kind of like seventies hot guy, right? Who well, was such a meme that he basically like he is perfect as Jack Horner, to be honest, right? Well, but also, but it, like you know, like in every other portrayal of himself that I see, he's a prick. Yeah, 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 yeah. But in this, he is like he's he he is like. He he still is he has a bit of that like that seventies masculine like standoffish energy, but he also right. genuinely <clears throat> cares about the people around him. Yeah, well, and the movie's mostly about that like that. It's not about tits and ass. It's about love thing. Right. Um, amazing. Yeah. Uh, and and well, and like getting getting genuine love out of Burt Reynolds. I feel like that's a talent that paul thomas anderson has somehow uh gloriously put to film somehow a positive genuine human emotion out of fucking wall i mean yeah that's that that's also a stunning achievement yeah i i think they also do a fairly good job of making mark Wahlberg look was this young was and this then old pre-hate crime or post-hate crime? <laughs> I don't fucking know. Actually, that's a great question. We should ask. Reminder: Paul Thomas Mark Anderson. Wahlberg noted noted racist hate crimer. Yeah, um, you know it happens. I, I you know, does I have it, a fe- it does, does it not just happen. No, 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 no. My point is, it doesn't. But, but understand uh, that I think that happened before this film. <laughs> oh no. I think so. I could be wrong. I feel like that happened in between Marky Mark and his film career. I think I'm gonna be. Yeah, I'm probably wrong. So did but he still. like? Did he like blind to that person? It was like ah, sh- ah, shit. I gotta go make movies. <laughs> Guess I can't be Marky Mark anymore. Yeah, who fucking knows? I actually don't know the lineage of Mark Wahlberg. I, I bet I if I'm a movie star, they won't arrest me. They'll leave me alone. Yeah, maybe. Um, God. Okay, we need to make. Yeah, we need to make decisions. So, uh, tell me, Neo. I mean, fucking. This is a, this is a fucking home run here. Tell me, Neo. Uh, gold or shit? I, I'm gonna say gold. Clink goes way out there. There goes the gold. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say it's gold too. It's a home run. Yeah. I mean. I've heard many people in my life say the same stupid thing about this movie, that this movie is like weirdly immature, that it comes across like like he's uh he's like infantilizing his characters. Uh I've heard people say that uh, it's really show offy and it comes across like like an early movie from like but but bullshit is my point. I bullshit. Can, I, I, I it's can, a very well made movie. No, I agree. I can kind of see the show offy 
thing a little bit. Sure, sure. But but it's like I don't I don't think the other criticisms have a lot of legs well, to stand on. But 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 understand too that th- I think porn deserves a really show offy movie. Yeah, like an old Hollywood. Well, it's ass like movie. it's like Showgirls is a very show offy movie. But yeah, it's because it's about fucking showgirls. Well, you have to do the 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 high low vibe, or else it just doesn't like it's not it doesn't sell it to me. Yeah, like if the movie felt like porn and it was about porn. I wouldn't really buy... It feels like a goddamn movie. Like, it's expensive. There's, like, camera moves and shit that are, like, really impressive. Yeah. Um, the cast the, is expansive and great. The camera work is phenomenal. Oh, phenomenal. The color, the lighting, everything. It's shot on 35. Like, what is there not to like? Well, and, like, you know a lot of movies have, like... have like It's, like, the one very, very good scene. Yeah. You know... But this has like you know you know ten or twelve. You 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 have a lot of choices if you're gonna be like, what is like the greatest scene in this movie? And then you can like legitimately be like, well, I think this is because of this, right? You know, and there's a lot of there's a lot of scenes that are just like this is this is like transcendentally good, right? You know, it's like it's like you know you know our two favorites being you know the scene where he he realizes that if he doesn't like humble himself and go back to Jack. He is going to get shot to death, you know, and, right. and, and everyone talking just kind of like gets drowned out by him, the music, the firecrackers and the realization of his mortality. Right. As he's like kind of coming down off of this cocaine bender. Um, yeah. You know, and then, you know, mine being the, you know, when Jack has realized that everything he cares about is being stripped away because the person he trusted as his friend and producer is a fucking pedophile. Well, yeah, and and that's something he has to like shoulder, yeah, as well, because like he can't bring that knowledge around everybody too much, yeah, and you know, because because it looks bad on him, it looks bad on everybody, and it makes everybody distrust everybody, and mm-hmm. you can't really have that in a in an intimate space. So he's like he has to shoulder that shit, and then on top of that, you know, uh, Dirk Diggler is like being a coked out prick, and. He's like trying, but 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 he's being a coked out prick because his dick doesn't work because he can't work and he wants to make Jack happy, but he can't make Jack happy because he can't get off cocaine, and so it's just like a big web of need versus want, and on a screenwriting level, I mean we we're talking about a movie that has so many interlocking narrative arcs mm-hmm. that where their needs and wants all make sense right and and it it's i don't even know well this movie started i was like there's way too many fucking characters like there's no way this 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 is is gonna gonna balance yeah there's there's no way you know i'm gonna remember any of these characters but i loved all of the characters i was i was like just invested in everyone well so do you know about magnolia have you ever heard of that Uh, i've heard about it okay so it's three and a half hours long and it has (sighs) it has more it has more characters than this. It has like 25 characters and it's directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. And it is so strange because it is simultaneously like one of the most impressive movies I've probably ever seen. But also if we want to talk about show offy bloated, like way too much bullshit going on, like need versus want don't intersect in the way that I think that, he really wants, you know, he tries to do the Boogie Nights vibe of like, there are a billion characters and they all are interlocked, but he does it in like this weirdly disseminated way. That's like kind of poor. And, Mm. and so it's kind of like the bloated response accident of what happens when Boogie Nights gets an hour longer and he adds more (laughs) bullshit. Right. It's still great. That's the fucked up part. Mm-hmm. It's still great. Like I would say that there are significantly probably like five or six scenes in Magnolia that I would say are like some of the best scenes in any movie I've ever seen. Right. While simultaneously saying that I think it's bloated and fucking kind of crappy sometimes. Uh-huh. Tom Cruise is in it and he play oh. <laughs> he plays he plays a, uh, a like a meninist, you know what I mean? Like Uh-huh like a like a man guru right and so he's just like fuck women 
fuck I'm in there pussies like and that's his whole bit the whole movie and then at the end he has to like see his dying dad and so he's just like goodbye dad I'm are you proud of me I became I became the pussy man you know it's so fucking anyway so my point is that like if if y'all motherfuckers think that this shit is bloated Honey, Magnolia way more bloated than this. <laughs> like mm-hmm. this is fairly standardly bloated in my heart. Uh, Magnolia, on the other hand, way too bloated. So that movie's kind of farty. That's how bloaty it is. It's kind of farty. It's a little pooty. Yeah. Um, it's time to get the fuck on out of here, isn't it? Get on yeah, back on the dusty trail. Yep. Okay, home slice. Well, uh, everybody at home. It was lovely to speak to you this evening. Um, Patreon.com slash excrement. Thank you to our sponsors. Uh, Machine, J- Machine Age Production. I Hunt. Uh, Ambient Dream Studios. Blood Thing. Um, buy my book. Yeah. We'll, we'll see you next week. When we talk about some other bullshit. Absolute sheer bullshit. Dude, what if the thumbnail for this is like you remember the part where he's like Dirk Diggler? Like, oh what if yeah. The text is like that, and then it's like you know some unassuming image, but that would be very good. Anyway, okay, bye now. Bye.